0: Greetings, Actor Strike supporters, and welcome back to Tune
1: Out. And for the first time, I'm not going to correct Noah, because the Writers Guild strike has ended.
0: Yes, and welcome to a podcast that we will be doing instead of Stay Doomed to support the actors, since we should not be covering Struck work during this time. I am your host, as always, TV's Noah Wolland, joined once again...
1: By Laura Prince. Yeah, I showed up this week, guys. Yay!
0: (laughs) Uh, This week on The Big Shoe, uh, we've decided that uh, we really enjoyed the Rolling Stone episode we did where we counted down the 50 worst decisions in TV history, broke down some guesses that we had, and then we went through the list and reacted to it. And what do you know? They made one for movies.
1: Which is convenient for us.
0: So since we are card-carrying members of the Razzie Awards. We are. We thought this would be a perfect thing for us to break down. So join us as we react to the 50 worst decisions in movie history. We have not read ahead. I've looked at the picture, which is Katz, Ernest, and, and the, the love, love Guru. guru. Yeah, which, that's
1: about what I saw as well.
0: Yeah, I understand the Love Guru and I understand Kat. I don't know why Ernest is on this list, but we will find out. Uh, but before we get into it, uh, I was going to see if we have any guesses of what's going to be on this list. If we can predict what uh, will be on this list. Uh,
1: casting Johnny Depp as Tonto in The Lone Ranger. Ooh,
0: that's a real solid one.
1: Because I remember that movie was not very good in one of the things that actively worked against it was people were angry about that casting.
0: I remember watching that movie for the Razzies before you were involved in the project. And uh, <laughs> Johnny Depp is build higher than the Lone Ranger in that movie.
1: Yes, and the Lone Ranger is Army Hammer, who I'm... Yes. Is he a cannibal?
0: He's a cannibal.
1: Okay, lovely. <laughs> uh, they haven't made Muppet movies... In the last, like, ten years. That's a big mistake. Mmm. Big mistake. Huge. Um, Disney live-action remakes, just in general. Yeah. Because I think, for me, the CGI is not where it would need to be for those to work. hmm Looking at you, Beauty and the Beast.
0: I got a couple that, that come screaming to mind.
1: Well, And some of it's like... Spending the amount of money they spent on certain movies.
0: Oh yeah, Waterworld. Yes, Waterworld. I was actually going to say more
1: recently. I was going to say movies like The Flash. Mm. Just the amount of money they cost.
0: That makes sense. They
1: could have probably made money on lower budgets.
0: Okay. Uh, so here, here are the ones that I came up with. I have John Carter from Mars because That's fair. it's Disney's biggest flop. Uh, I think there's going to be like a casting one. So I'm going to say either Will Smith chooses Wild Wild West over The Matrix or I believe uh, who won the Oscar for Shakespeare in Love? Cameron Diaz?
1: No, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth
0: Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow only got that because Julia Roberts said she wanted something more prestigious. (laughs) Uh, So I'm thinking maybe something like that. Uh, I think they're going to say Crash wins the Oscar.
1: Yeah, which I'm still pretty mad about.
0: I liked Crash. Yeah, but
1: Brokeback Mountain, though.
0: Yeah. So I definitely think that could come up. I also think they might say uh, Mommy Dearest winning the Razzie. Okay. Because that's kind of become a classic. I.
1: So it's become a classic, but I think part of the reason it's become a classic is its reputation of being a f- quote quote bad movie Mm -hmm. it's in that basket with movies like the room
0: true but like i feel like no wire hangers has become like i I remember no wire hangers being on a list of the top 100 quotes of all time yeah like legitimately not like oh hi mark
1: i think the weird i i I could go off all day on this like kind Mm -hmm. of tangent about like cult status in film
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, which is funny because it's Rocky Horror season so I've been thinking about Rocky Horror a lot uh, because it's Rocky Horror season baby Mm -hmm. so shall we jump in Uh, I got two things I want to say real
0: quick Uh, one uh, I remember watching a list of the uh, top 100 cult movies of all time and I remember going oh Rocky Horror and Rocky Horror was number two and number one was this is Spinal Tap (laughs) Which I found baffling. Yes. And uh, another guess that I'm surprised you didn't say, so I'm just going to remind you and then you can take it as one of your predictions. Hocus Pocus comes out in July.
1: Oh, yes. You're (laughs) right. Uh, Haunted Mansion comes out in July.
0: Yes. Laura and I have been screaming about this for the last couple months.
1: And I know the reasoning behind both, actually. Haunted Mansion came out in July so that they could dump it on Disney Plus this month.
0: Yeah, so they could be there by Halloween.
1: Hocus Pocus came out in July to make room for Nightmare Before Christmas, which came out thirty years ago this very
0: week. Ooh. And it, they say if you listen, you can still hear them singing.
1: This is all right. We're demonetized. We're demonetized.
0: <laughs> Alright, we're gonna jump into the list.
1: Alright. All right, Number go. fifty. Uh, Hugh Grant goes for a very expensive $50 drive down Sunset Boulevard.
0: Okay, so this is really setting the tone for the list. Because this is not a movie decision.
1: No, it was an actor getting arrested for hiring a sex worker.
0: Yes. And let me just say, it's still Hugh Grant in this mugshot. Like, he's still, like, handsome and charming. He's
1: like shrugging like, oh no. Like this could be a movie poster. Yeah. (laughs) Number 49. Will Smith turned down the Matrix and Django. Oh! X gets the square
0: right off the bat. Yeah. Because if I remember it correctly, there's, there's this weird domino effect where, oh no, it's, he takes, no he does take wild, wild. I know that there is this weird domino effect that it was almost David Swimmer in Men in Black. Yes. <laughs> Which is so weird. Uh, he,
1: he doesn't get Django Unchained because he has creative differences with Tarantino. And he wanted a love story, not a vengeance story. Right around this time, you made Men in Black 3 and After Earth. (laughs) In defense of Men in Black 3...
0: Yeah, I did like that movie. It has
1: one of my favorite lines in a movie. Yeah. I regularly quote, this is my new favorite moment in human history. Yeah. Usually a little cynically. I'm usually saying it when something is crap.
0: Yes. I actually did like Men in Black 3. I think think it's better than the second one. Uh, That being said, welcome to After Earth... He's abysmal. It's, it's it is bad. an abysmal film.
1: Number 48. Michael Bay decides he's the man to tell the story of Pearl Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> Would you believe that my school went on a class trip to see this film? Really? Yeah, that's when I realized I was a ghoul. Because I thought so much of this movie... Was hilarious and how horrible it was. Yeah, like I think this is the first bad movie I saw in theaters where I was like, I remember there's like a love scene among laundry.
0: Oh, nice. Where
1: they're like making out in like a parachute and laundry, and it's so dumb. Mm-hmm. And then like the Pearl Harbor sequences happen, and I'm like, I I couldn't like connect with the dissonance of how stupid the rest of the movie was.
0: I wonder if we would still be talking about Pearl Harbor Harbor as often as we do if it wasn't for Team America World Police (laughs) and the song about (laughs) Pearl Harbor sucks and I miss you. I think that's added to the longevity of the badness that was Pearl Harbor. That song is... Oh, yeah. It is perfect. But this is definitely a, a... A not good movie. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if it won any Razzies, honestly. Uh, It was before I started doing that. But, yeah, I've actually never seen Pearl Harbor.
1: Uh, It earned six Razzie nominations.
0: Six. There's not a lot of Razzies. It's not like they do visual effects or anything.
1: Uh, unfortunately or fortunately, it came out the same year as Freddie Got Fingered.
0: Oh, that makes a lot of sense.
1: Which swept. Yes. Um,
0: uh, well, Tom Green showed up to accept. At
1: the yes. Race. And he won Worst Actor. Yeah. So, it was up for Worst Picture, Worst Actor.
0: Um. I'm going to guess On Screen Team.
1: Worst Screen Couple. Yep. Ben Affleck with either Kate Beckinsale or Josh Hartnett. Worst or sequel, worst director, and worst screenplay.
0: Yeah, Pearl Harbor sucks, and I miss you. Oh, oh, right. Oh, this. Oh,
1: well, there's Ernest.
0: Ernest goes to Africa. Need we say more? Yes, I personally love Ernest P. Worrell and the Ernest movies, but I remember renting this as a child and... uh Yeah, Ernest shouldn't have gone to Africa. That's not a place we needed, Ernest. That's not an Ernest story we needed to tell.
1: Yeah, yeah, it wasn't.
0: Uh, It's fine. He could go to school. He can go to camp. He can go to prison. He can be scared stupid. He can slam dunk.
1: He can go to Splash Mountain.
0: He can go to Splash Mountain for sure. He absolutely can. Uh, And unfortunately, he passed away while making uh, Ernest the Pirate. I really like... I love the Jim Varney movies. I think they're great. And he's actually a very good actor. Like, have you ever seen when he's doing Shakespeare and then he turns into Ernest? Yes. It's incredible. He is great. Uh, But he shouldn't have gone to Africa.
1: (laughs) Number 46. A Catwoman movie without Michelle Pfeiffer. I would actually dare say a Catwoman movie... Without Selena Kyle,
0: yeah, they they kind of imply that Catwoman became Catwoman because cats licked her while she was dying. Yes. Uh, <laughs> have you seen Catwoman?
1: Of course, I have.
0: What are your thoughts on the film?
1: It's bad. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know what you want from me. It's it's not really enjoyably bad. It's just. Kind of stupid, and I don't know who the audience for it is.
0: That's my big thing. Because
1: I keep they, this says a Batman movie without Celine, without Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, I think it's an issue that it's a Bat a Catwoman movie without Selena Kyle. Yeah, Patience Phillips is an unknown character. Her backstory doesn't make any sense. the The main conflict
0: is like so small, like. The villain in it is trying to make, like, evil makeup. Yes. Like, it's so strange to be like, well, it's a girl character, so we'll have girl problems. So yeah. it'll be makeup. Like, that's insulting. They play basketball for, like, 20 minutes, it feels like. That's,
1: like, the one thing everyone knows about that movie. The one-on-one
0: yeah. basketball scene? Uh, yeah, it's so bad. However, it would really make me happy if she showed up in Joker.
1: Yeah, I could see that. <laughs>
0: I would appreciate that joke.
1: Okay.
0: Go. <laughs> Number 45. Disney turns away from animated movies after the death of Walt and Roy Disney. Oh my God. I the re- 60s
1: and 70s.
0: This like weird era of Disney where every movie is like, a, the title's like a weird sentence.
1: Yeah, it's like a Mad Lib.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh... How many of these have you seen?
1: Uh, very few, actually. Uh, the black hole gave me nightmares.
0: I, I didn't. I don't remember the black hole.
1: I was super young when the black, like I saw mm-hmm. the black hole. But it's this weird time period of the seventies and eighties where Disney doesn't do much of import. Mm-hmm. Disney doesn't like start to get its groove back until the late eighties, right? With, You could argue that it starts to kind of find its footing a little bit more with Oliver and Company, Great Mouse Detective. But indisputably, they end up back on top in 89 with Little Mermaid. Yeah,
0: Little Mermaid is like the moment where Disney's back in a big way. But I remember, like, I, the back in the day, kids, the Disney Channel was a premium channel. And I always wanted the Disney Channel. And I could never get it. But there'd be like a free weekend of the Disney Channel.
1: Oh man, you'd get that VCR out so and So we pop would. the
0: VCR out and we'd tape it. And then because I loved the idea of the Disney Channel, my mom would always tell me like, you love this movie, it was on the Disney Channel. So I ended up re-watching Bedknobs and Broomsticks, Herbie the Love Bug... And the ugly dox Dawson? dawson Yeah, the ugly dochshund. Over and over again. Have you ever seen The Ugly Dachshund?
1: No. Why why would I watch The Ugly Dachshund?
0: Because it's got dogs in it. Fair. The Ugly Dachshund is about a guy who's trying to enter like a show dog competition with his great Dane, but the Great Dane thinks it's a Dachshund. so it keeps like scooting around on its belly? Which, like, it is a great trailer. You don't need to see anything else, though. You saw the bit where the dog walked funny. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) Like, have you seen the TikTok guy that does life in different decades? Yes. And he was like, life in the 1950s. Oh, my God, that man just fell over. He fell over a different way. This is the epitome of comedy. That is very much the Disney live-action era.
1: (laughs) Yes. Because I remember seeing some of the remakes. Because in the 90s, they started to remake some of these films. Mm -hmm. Flubber.
0: Yeah. uh, uh, That Darn Cat. That Darn Cat. Herbie uh, the Love Bug. uh, Shaggy Dog. The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes. (laughs) Again, far too long of a title. (laughs) Uh, I also remember... uh, It's interesting how much I hated these movies. Because as a child, I also really loved Abbott and Costello, Don Knotts, and Jerry Lewis movies. Yeah. So, like, these were bad. (laughs) Like, Because as a kid, I could appreciate live-action comedy films. Yes. And these just didn't do it for me.
1: Yeah, I... It's very strange because when we happened to be born... We were born right around the, like, during the Disney Renaissance. Yes. So we never knew anything else. Mm-hmm. So that weird 70s and 80s time period is so alien to us. Yeah. Because we weren't there during it. So when I was little, I remember knowing about the old Disney movies and then just being like, why didn't they make movies for 30 years, mom? Yeah,
0: They should, ma- they should have made the movies. <laughs> Because that I fall helpful.
1: off like right at the end of the 50s, like Sleeping Beauty era. Mm-hmm. And then I don't come back till little, Till Oliver and Company, uh, Great Mouse Detective era. Yeah. Justice for the Great Mouse Detective.
0: <laughs> it's a good movie. It is. Uh, ready for 44? Yeah. Warner Brothers gives Kevin Costner $80 million to direct a movie about a post-apocalyptic
1: mailman. Oh, yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, this is indeed Waterworld.
1: No. Oh, it is not? No, this is the postman. Oh, I- Waterworld made money. Oh, I don't remember this at all then. Yeah, that's the point. Oh, yeah,
0: that's pretty bad then.
1: Um, yeah, Waterworld did eventually, according to this article, turn a profit. Not much of one. But it technically made money. Hmm. The postman didn't even come close.
0: No, I don't remember. The, now I'm very interested in the postman. We have Mister missed a Mr. postman. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that song's in
1: there somewhere. I'm sure it's not. Uh. Number 43. Francis Ford Coppola casts his daughter Sophia for a key role in Godfather 3. Oh,
0: that's a good pull right there. Because it was a, like, a key role to an actress who was not ready for said role.
1: And... Winona Ryder had been in the role and dropped out because oh. this is coming off like a lot of... Uh, this is coming off like Beetlejuice and Heathers for yeah. her. And she's very young at this point. Like, I think we always forget how young Winona Ryder was when she was starting out. Mm-hmm. Like, she was low-key lying about her age to get cast young. Yeah,
0: she was Mila Kunising.
1: Yeah. So...
0: For that was a thing.
1: Coppola gives the... Heart to her daughter, to his daughter, knowing that she's gonna be held up, to, she's gonna be in this movie with like some of the all time great actors. Mm-hmm. It's hard to keep up if you're not also a seasoned actor. Yeah, and it's
0: tough because it's always going to be that thing that sticks out. Yeah, uh, because like I remember what was that movie? Orange County. Because it stars Tom Hanks' son. And that was all anyone talked about. <laughs> like, when you're a nepotism child, like, it's very hard to get out of that shadow. And this was not the way to do it. Right. Yeah.
1: Nope. Sure wasn't. <laughs> it's, I mean, there's a lot of thing. There's. I feel like this happens a lot with, like, the next gen of Hollywood. That some of them do okay. Like, Maya Hawke. I feel like was better off, and there's no denying that doors open for someone like Maya Hawke because her parents are Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. Right. But she, her breakout role was like a supporting role in Stranger Things.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Not a movie where mommy got her a role.
0: Also, like Stranger Things, like, there's kind of like a specialness to it because it's all these, like, 80s icons coming back. So, like, she's kind of belongs in that kind of echelon. Even though this is her, like, I'm talking about her parents and stuff like that. But, like, this is a proper way to kind of do it in uh, Stranger Things. Did that make sense? (laughs) Did did any of those words make sense?
1: Yes, there's a lot of factual inaccuracies in that because I would say Hawk and Thurman are 90s, not 80s. That's true. Pulp Fiction's 94. Is that
0: 94?
1: Yes. okay. And, but... I think what, what I'm saying is Robin, if Robin from Stranger Things wasn't the world's best actress, eh. Right. You'd live. Yeah. So I think having that way, that kind of way out. Yeah. For that person. So next. Sure. I'm going to let you read the next one.
0: All right. Because
1: it's going to upset you personally.
0: Idiocracy gets denied a wide release promotion. I agree with this completely uh, that it was a mistake, but I also think it's what makes this movie special. Yes. Because this happened when I was in college, and I just remember Idiocracy being this like movie that got passed around the dorms. Yeah. Because it was like, I'd never heard of it, and apparently it's great. And like when I finally got to see it, I was like, "Yeah, this movie's great. Why haven't I, Dax Shepard's in this? Oh, oh, this is awesome. Maya Rudolph's here."
1: Yeah, and I mean, some of those people weren't who they are now. Like, I don't know if Dax Shepard was Dax. Like, he he was the guy from Punked. Yeah.
0: Who <laughs> I loved Punked so, uh, but yeah, uh, Idiocracy. Is a movie that's, like, still discussed and, like, used in conversation? Yes. Like. It's what plants crave. It's got electrolytes is something that I hear often still. Uh, You know, because of Brondo. Drink more Brondo.
1: Uh, Welcome to Costco. I love you.
0: Yep. That's another good one.
1: Uh, This is, we we talk about this sometimes about cult films and uh, the TV movie. Yeah. Because I think one of the reasons Idiocracy really became what it was, was I feel like there was not a weekend that Comedy Central did not run this film. Yeah,
0: it was on Comedy Central years. a lot.
1: So I think there's a major element of, it was just a movie you kind of had on in the background. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch Idiocracy all the way through until like, I don't know, maybe a couple years ago. Really? Because But I'd seen all of the pieces of it. Mm-hmm.
0: That's my relationship, unfortunately, with The Godfather. I've only watched it in the background at parties. And I'm always enraptured by it, but I've never really sat down and watched The Godfather. I'm sorry.
1: 41.
0: Noah has never seen The Godfather.
1: How did they know? Including a rape scene in Revenge of the Nerds.
0: I wanted to write a paper about this. Uh... Because I believe this is the final example of the bed trick. Yes. Which there was a trope in writing and in comedies for a while.
1: Going back to Shakespeare. Going back
0: to like Shakespeare and ancient Greek and like, it's in the Canterbury Tales.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, really the um, Miller's Tale Mm -hmm. is ultimately a bad trick. Yeah. Uh,
0: And... Canterbury Tales is when I remember first, like, seeing this concept. But it's the idea of tricking someone into thinking you're someone else and then having sex with them so that they then go,
1: Oh, I didn't know!
0: (laughs) Which is... Which is rape, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's famously done in Measure for Measure as a way to trap an evil character. Yeah. This is... This is part of a larger trend in '80s movies of uh, sympathizing with male characters and female consent is not considered important. Mm-hmm. I believe it's Pretty in Pink, or is it 16 Candles? They blend together a little bit from yeah. Pretty in Pink, where the hot guy just gives his girlfriend, his drunk, passed out girlfriend, to Anthony Michael Hall. Ooh, and it's like yeah, 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 and that's the romantic lead who that's does that. That's not good. So that idea of consent being iffy in 80s movies. There's a great
0: dropout sketch, because we don't use college humor as a term anymore, where they're like, let's get 80s revenge on someone. And the whole time they're just kind of like, wait, is this sexual assault? (laughs) It's like, I got an idea. We'll get a a stripper to hide in the podium, like in uh, Police Academy. And I'll give him a blowjob while he's talking. And he'll go, "Whoa." Well, actually, we probably shouldn't do that That's assault. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I definitely think this is a horrible thing. Uh, I think it's on the list because it's the last time it happened. <laughs> if this didn't happen in Revenge of the Nerds, they probably would have referenced something that happened in, like, a Porky's or an Animal House.
1: Yeah, I mean, or the thing I mentioned, Pretty in Pink.
0: Or Pretty in Pink, yeah.
1: I mean, it's something with The Breakfast Club as well. Bender assaults Claire.
0: It's been a while since I've seen The Breakfast Club.
1: He hides under the table, and she's wearing a skirt. Oh, yes. And he puts his face between her legs. Mm Mm-hmm. They ultimately get together and are the romantic, like, A couple of the movie.
0: Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Uh... Things that were written off as boys will be boys and shenanigans back in those times are not great, as it turns out. Uh, This is a real serious topic and I'm worried now what will be forty? <laughs> what What Rolling Stones will then say? But you know what's worse?
1: Letting William Shatner direct Star Trek: The Final Frontier. <laughs> Did you look ahead? Because I had scrolled no, down. No, so you I had, didn't. You had really, I really didn't. You do had it. really set me up so well for that.
0: <laughs> yeah there's the revenge of the nerds it's it's inappropriate and it shouldn't happen, but you know what's worse when
1: Star Trek got ruined <laughs> I mean that sounds about right. Um uh, that sounds like what entertainment entertainment journalists would think. I mean, he got an even number Star Wars movie. like what do you expect? It's not gonna be good. <laughs> Correct <laughs> um William, yeah, I mean William Shatner uh, so what what this is saying happened. Leonard Nimoy was a good director, mm-hmm. but Shatner had something in his claws that said, like, if Nimoy gets to do it, I get to do it. Oh. So Nimoy directed two movies. One's people like The Search <laughs> for Spock and The Voyage Home. The Voyage Home, I believe, is The, where, the Whales.
0: Yes. Maybe. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I'm not a Trek guy, so it's hard to say. Uh, But I will say that Nimoy gets his revenge. There was a whole plot line where he took his job as the Priceline negotiator.
1: Mr. Shatner, please have a seat. Uh Um, we have to let you go.
0: But I'm the voice of Priceline. But now it's the new Priceline. What's... Knew about it you can actually choose your uh, flights times even airlines from a selection of very low fares
1: or you can still name your
0: own price and save even more right? but who could possibly replace me Hi, right, guys
1: hey bill hey Leonard.
0: the new Priceline. now there's a choice for priceline.com so so there suck it <laughs> shatner uh number 39 I-
1: making The Hobbit into three movies. That's
0: something I wanted to... I was actually going to say that specific thing.
1: Yeah, but, I, but I you was, didn't.
0: I was going to say, like, the idea of breaking up the last chapter into two parts and then being like, you know what? No, just The Hobbit, because The Hobbit didn't need to be three movies.
1: Not just The Hobbit, actually. It... Uh Harry Potter was the only one that could kind of justify it, because have you seen what the seventh Harry Potter book looks like? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's what uh, is colloquially called a doorstopper.
0: But I don't think Twilight could get away with it. I don't think The Hunger Games
1: should have gotten away with it. Uh, it... Uh, I mean, Divergent, very famously, didn't. Yeah, Divergent didn't even happen. Because Allegiant bombed so hard. Uh, Oh, God. Ascendant, I believe, was the last... Intended film,
0: something like that, yeah. And
1: then uh, they tried to make a mini series out of it, and Shailene Woodley was like, "Nah, uh, my contract says I don't have to do that. Bye bye." Bye bye. Bye (laughs) bye. That's my uh, my favorite Star Tours thing. Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: I hate Lord of the Rings. I've gone on record saying that I saw the first one and thought it was boring and did not jump on board. For any of the ones after that. Uh, So I did not watch The Hobbit. Uh, I just remember being at a party. And someone showed up having just seen The Hobbit. And would not stop screaming. Because they were so angry about it. So yeah. Not great. And just like the magic of the the Lord of the Rings movies was gone by that.
1: A lot of people enjoyed... The first Hobbit movie. But I also kind of got the impression that most of my friends who are big Lord of the Rings fans were like, there's not three movies here. No. So, like, the first one was good, but, like, we've got... You got how much more movie?
0: Yeah. Because no, you don't. <laughs> what we got up next.
1: Do Steven Spielberg tries to prove he can direct a comedy with 1941.
0: Yo. I love 1941. I think that movie's great. It is a farce. Like, if you don't get the joke, uh, the end of this movie is Dan Aykroyd saying, you know what? I don't think this is going to be an important year for this war. I think the important year is going to be 1942. 1942. Which is a serious war movie. Yes. So this was supposed to be like the lead-ups to this. There's a lot of like poop jokes in it and stuff like that. But it is a war farce. And I think they do a decent job with it. It's... I remember watching it and at the end seeing directed by Steven Spielberg and going, Really? Wait. Yeah, it was.
1: I do enjoy that this is in fact the second Pearl Harbor adjacent film. Yeah,
0: maybe we just don't make movies about Pearl Harbor. <laughs> uh, yeah, so
1: have you have you seen 1941? Yes, but not in quite a long time. Yeah, like it's I, been
0: some time, but I
1: remember enjoying it. Because I remember uh, my father was a great collector of movies. We had a lot of DVDs. What can only be described mm. as far too many. Far too many. And so one day when my dad wasn't home, I went down and I like had a notebook and a pen I made a list of all the movies I wanted to watch in his collection. I was mm-hmm. only banned from two movies. Uh, I found out later it's because of uh, extreme sexual violence.
0: Yes. Revenge of the Nerds.
1: No. Uh, Angel Heart and the Serpent in the Rainbow.
0: I've heard of... I think I've heard of Serpent in the Rainbow. It might be just because you've told me this before. But,
1: uh, I found out later those two films have extreme sexualized violence. Mm-hmm. Because I remember seeing the movies I was permitted to watch and going, yo, what's in those two? Yeah,
0: something awful's in that movie.
1: Because he had the Godfather trilogy. Yeah, no, right Mm -hmm. this way, 12 year old girl. Uh, Everything else I was allowed to watch. And I remember 1941 being one I watched. Because do you remember? um, I grew up in New Jersey, and in New Jersey, we have Teacher's Weekend. Yes. And I was just old enough that they didn't bother with child care
0: because
1: mm-hmm. I was probably won't burn down the house years yeah. old. Uh,
0: just to clarify, in New Jersey, there are just two days in November we don't have school because the teachers are supposed to go to a conference, but they go to Disney World instead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just so we're all on the same page.
1: So then we just... I would go get some of these movies and I spent from... when my parents left the house to 5 p.m. when they got home watching movies both days. Mm. And I believe that was one of the ones I watched. Also in there is Empire Records. um, The entire Austin Powers trilogy.
0: The great films. Two good films. third one falls apart.
1: I kind of like the third one. I saw the third one in theaters. Really? I was fifteen when I saw it. I think the the
0: third one I feel like was a lot of like recycling of the same jokes over and over again. But that's also the joke in the third one.
1: Yeah, but when you're like a young teenager, that yeah, that works great. for you.
0: Yeah, uh, thirty-seven is. Scrolling, scrolling,
1: scrolling. Half of Hollywood teams up for the disastrous movie 43.
0: I I will stand by this movie. This movie was exactly what it promised it to be. If you were upset, then why did you go see the movie?
1: It also says uh, they forgot to make a single segment even remotely funny, which I would take issue with. Because Elizabeth Banks' sequence with Chloe Grace Moritz... Is it's really good. Funny.
0: It's really good. It's McLovin. Yeah. And yeah, it's a, uh, a tale of a girl who gets her period for the first time, and it gets blown out of proportion, and does a great job with it.
1: And I will say, from experience, a lot of girls blow their first period out of proportion because we're so uh, we're so inadequately prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've known. Girls who've gone to the ER because they thought they had appendicitis. Yeah. Uh, I have known girls who are misdiagnosed with lactose intolerance.
0: Oh, interesting. Because they're
1: suddenly having digestive pain. Mmm. Um, I was one of those. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I've known garden variety. Oh my God, I'm dying.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one being really good. I remember, We watched this for, for the Razzie Month. Uh, the one where... Uh, Hugh Jackman has balls on his chin, is fine. It's probably, like, if you don't like it, I dare you to make a better sketch about a man with balls on his chin. Uh, I thought, Elizabeth Banks is in a relationship with, like, a cartoon squirrel? Like I vaguely remember that one and thinking it was kind of funny. And she agreed to do it so she could direct the period one. And that's what gave us Cocaine Bear. So you know what? I would need everyone to back off Movie 43 right now.
1: (laughs) I accept your terms. Everyone back off. I love Elizabeth Banks. So...
0: Why is it on this? I'm sorry. Hey, Elvis Presley! Goes to Hollywood with his rock bottom with... Kissing Cousins in 1964. Now, you have a huge star like Elvis Presley. Yeah. Of course you make movies with him. Yes. That's why we got In Time with Justin Timberlake. That's why we got Purple Rain.
1: That's how we got Don't Worry
0: Darling. <laughs> and that's how we got Don't Worry Darling. Like, it makes sense to do this. Uh, I don't know what the plot of Kissing Cousins is. Let me do some reading. <laughs> Uh, it was playing in theaters just as Beatlemania swept across America. It is a profoundly stupid movie where Elvis plays an Air Force officer and, and his hillbilly cousin? He plays two roles in this movie? I guess so. Uh, this was just seven years after Jailhouse Rock. Seven years! <laughs> we already felt like a relic from an earlier time. Interesting.
1: Uh, Elvis is fascinating because when you realize how short his heyday really was. hmm Like, compared to the relative longevity of, like, a Taylor Swift nowadays. Yeah. It's also true of the Beatles, honestly. When you realize how short of the time the Beatles were together and recording as the Beatles. Yeah. It's under a decade. Wow. Well, I mean,
0: they broke up, which ruined everything. With Elvis, like, I feel like most people, when it comes to Elvis, like, beyond his music, what they know about Elvis is he died on the toilet and people thought he was still alive. Yeah. I st- like, every once in a while, there will still be an Elvis sighting thing. Yeah. But, like, when we were younger, I felt like it was constantly Elvis is alive, Elvis is alive.
1: Yes. I mean, we're to the point where... Elvis would not be alive.
0: Yeah, it's unlikely that he, he'd be he'd in He'd be his well 90s. into his 80s, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think because that is his legacy, people assumed he died very young.
1: He died pretty young.
0: But like, he died after having quite a career. It wasn't a James Dean situation. No. That's what I'm explaining.
1: Because uh, he died at 42.
0: So 42, he, wow.
1: So he did die quite young.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: he His career really kicks off when he's 21. Mm-hmm. So he did have about a 20-year career, but he did have kind of go in and out. He had a comeback, which yeah. means he had to go away.
0: He, yeah, he took time to join the service.
1: Yes. <laughs> Inspiring one of the worst musicals of all time.
0: Starlight Express?
1: Bye Bye Birdie. Oh, okay. No, so I'll express this trains <laughs> who want to do it.
0: I just like the idea Elvis has joined the army.
1: Hey, I just got like, an idea about
0: trains.
1: <laughs> They're reviving that in London next year and like...
0: I know. We have to go to England.
1: <laughs> yeah. Get your passport, kids.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and scroll on down to 35.
1: The MPAA begins assigning letter grades to movies to target sex above violence. I fully agree with this.
0: Yeah. The rating system has always been broken.
1: The ra- um, going back to the Hays Code, once you get in the post-Hays Code era, the Hays Code officially dies in the 60s. Do you know what the Hays Code is?
0: Uh, refresh my memory.
1: The Hays Code is a bunch of rules that movies don't have to follow. Right. But they kind of did. Mm-hmm. In particularly the 40s and 50s, that wholesome era that we think of. Is because there was so much control over what entertainment could show. Right. This is starting to die down even by like 59 with some like it hot.
0: Right, right.
1: And then when we get into the 60s, like the gloves are off. Mm -hmm. And that's why...
0: Bikini bingo psycho fest.
1: Well, we actually had this conversation with a friend recently about the 70s being a very dirty, violent era in movies. Mm -hmm. And it's because they could. Yeah. That's where you get this anti-hero, like, taxi driver era. This is where you get the villain wins. This is where you get slashers and exploitation. hmm Because now they can. Yeah. Can you imagine if you weren't allowed to make a certain kind of movie for 20 years?
0: Yeah. <laughs> when you got the chance to. It's like, oh, time for something different, gang.
1: Yeah, and... I still think the stupidest thing, more than sex and violence, is swearing.
0: Yeah. Uh, like, you it's R-rated if you say the F-word twice, which is actually cited here. Uh, it's just dumb. Like...
1: I mean, the only thing I like about the one F-word in a PG-13 movie rule is that it's fun when a movie makes it count.
0: Yeah, when they make it count and and do something, like, important with it. Uh, but I remember there was a big hubbub when... Uh, One of the Die Hard movies ended up being PG 13. Yeah. Uh, Because, I mean, his catchphrase is Yipika, motherfucker. Yeah. And they did it over gunshots to censor it. And I was just like, boo. But I'm sure. Why make this movie then?
1: I'm sure the violence level is not substantially different from original Die Hard.
0: Not really, no.
1: Because this is something. The PG-13 rating has become this very weird Mm catch-all. PG-13 just means movie. Yeah. PG means kids movie. R means adult movie. PG-13 is just default.
0: Yeah. And G means like... Babies. Baby movie. Yeah. There might not even be a plot. (laughs)
1: Like, Disney movies were all G up through the 2000s. And then they started being PG as well.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Because I remember... Like, there was a time before there was ratings on television. Before Mm -hmm. we got the, like, uh, YY7 TV13 TVMA thing. And they also were talking about having actual symbols for what made it that number. Yes. Like, is it just because of language or is it because of violence and stuff like that? Something like, it was good to see TV trying to figure it out because movies messed it up.
1: Because I, I find it super interesting. The Princess and the Frog is rated G. Mm-hmm. Tangled is rated PG. Yep. Friends from the Other Side is definitely a scarier oh, Disney yeah. sequence.
0: Oh, you ready?
1: Than anything in Tangled.
0: Yeah. I was uh, uh,
1: somebody gets stabbed, but like, he gets better.
0: Yeah. like, And I also remember having a discussion with you when the new Evil Dead remake came out. And you were like, so apparently this movie has ruined the R rating because it was so insane.
1: Yes, because uh, people were taken aback that it was released at all in its current form. Because people are like, the R rating is intrinsically broken. Mm -hmm. There's no reason a movie with a few F words should be rated the same as an evil Dead. Yeah. Like there just isn't.
0: I mean, it, it got to a point for a while when DVDs were king that the rating system was there to be broken as for advertising because like American Pie Unrated came out. It's like, oh my God, what are they going to do in the unrated version of American Pie? Basically porn. Uh, And then every movie came out unrated. Because I remember like they did uh, Charlie's Angels unrated. It's like, well, what? We we still didn't see anything. Like they just put unrated on the box.
1: Yeah. It usually just meant they threw in a couple swear words. Yeah. Maybe another dirty joke or two. It usually was not substantially different. Yeah. And now for something completely different. Michael Samino kills the 70s auteur period with Heaven's Gate.
0: I have no idea what this is.
1: Heaven's Gate is the original punchline movie. It's the original movie that flopped. So it's the original, like, Waterworld, Cutthroat Island. It
0: has nothing to do with the cult?
1: Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> what I'm saying is it's the original... Movie that did so poorly on such a big budget that it was a punchline okay does that make sense That makes a lot of sense so it it did very poorly yeah, it based was, on
0: the year I'm guessing this is not related to the cult at all.
1: y'all with the cult uh,
0: yes, I don't have much to say about this other than yeah, I get it
1: <laughs> number 33. Sewing up Deadpool's mouth in X-Men Origins Wolverine. You know... I feel like it's okay now because we got the Deadpool movies. And now we can laugh at it. But could you imagine if that was the only Deadpool we ever got? I mean, I think this is
0: the movie where, like, we learn to stop trusting Fox. Yeah. Because this was very much just being spit in the face if you are a comic book fan. And this is the thing that we're always afraid of as nerds that they're going to do, is they're going to take our pro- our properties, not know how to respect them, and come out with crap. Because when this movie came out, there had already been a few Uwe Boll movies where they ruined our video games. So the idea of, I was really excited to see Deadpool and you turned him into this, yeah. is like, it's not just bad. It made us worry about the movies.
1: And Deadpool was even then such an iconic character that it felt like a betrayal.
0: Yeah. And like, comics are bigger now and I think, of course, Deadpool's way bigger now. I wasn't a Deadpool fan when I saw this film. But it made me be like, what was the deal with this guy? Oh, this is not that guy. Uh, Funny story, I saw this in theaters twice (sighs) because I saw it the first time, and loved it. And then uh, my girlfriend at the time loved Wolverine. So I was like, oh, I'll totally go see this again, and saw it again. I was like, this movie might not be that good. And I looked over at her, because I had sold it really well, and I was like, what do you think? She was like, I hated it. And I was like, I think I hate it too. <laughs> I, uh, I, underst- I didn't understand what a good movie was the first time I watched it
1: in theaters and was aware that it was bad. Mm-hmm.
0: Because <laughs> it also is a, uh, a big waste of Zero. The guy with the guns, like his power is guns. Yeah, his job is guns. And like he dies in that movie and then they cut to the corporal who's like, Zero never had a chance because he didn't have these bullets. It's like, well why'd you send him out there? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Poor Zero. Justice for Zero. There's also a one on one boxing scene in that movie that's real bad.
1: I don't remember that. You know
0: where he boxes Blob?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Did you just call me Blob? I called you Bub. Whap, 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 whap. I saw it twice, so I'm
1: more yeah, familiar I mean, with this film. I saw it once 15 years ago in theaters and then never again. <laughs>
0: and then burned it from my mind. It's the worst day of my life. Uh,.
1: The worst two days ago. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Number 32. 20th Century Fox gives up Star Wars merchandise and sequel rights for half a million dollars. Um. Yeah, you could see that as a mistake. Or you could see it as a person with a good mind realized what they could do. Because I think if George Lucas had not been in charge of merchandising, there would be less merchandising.
1: Also, you, you just... You never know. Like, this movie could have tanked. Oh, of course. Like, A New Hope was lightning in a bottle. God knows, I've seen movies like Star Crash that tried to be the next Star Wars. (laughs) Makes me nervous.
0: (laughs) Makes me nervous. Uh, See, Star Crash. uh, They did it on uh, MST3K.
1: Did they? Yes,
0: the revival, they did it. Uh, But... The idea that... uh, How do I want to phrase this? They didn't think it was a big deal giving up merchandising rights to George Lucas. Yeah. Which means that if they had kept merchandising rights, they would have been in charge of it. And they might have screwed it up. Like, the powerhouse of Star Wars when they were selling an empty box with the promise that action figures would show up eventually because they didn't come in time for Christmas. Like... It's kind of a stroke of genius. And the fact that it was in the hands of someone else might have contributed to it doing so well and may have... like It's a butterfly effect thing is what I'm trying to get at.
1: And it's... Again, it was lightning in a bottle. You had no way of knowing mm-hmm. that that movie was going to be what it was. Uh, this mistake ultimately gets repeated years later with Frozen. Really? They do not make... Frozen merchandise fast enough. Uh, the way they fools. didn't... The way they didn't make Star Wars m- merchandise fast enough. That's mm. why they could do the empty box was they simply just didn't have the merchandise yeah. ready. No one knew it was going to be the cultural flashpoint of the mm. decade. Much like nobody really saw... Uh, Princess and the Frog Entangled had been hits, but relatively modest ones yeah. comparatively. Compared
0: to Frozen.
1: And I I spoke to... Someone who was working at a Disney store during mm-hmm. the Frozen era, and they said like it's it's brutal. An Elsa doll comes in, and Elsa doll goes out. Yeah. Like if you don't come the day the truck comes, you're not getting anything. Everyone's freaking ex- This movie came out in November, so Elsa fever was like right around Christmas. Mm-hmm. And Elsa, you have to get Elsa. Yeah. You get Anna, your child will kill you in the street.
0: Yeah. Boo. <laughs> Uh, Number 32?
1: That was 32.
0: Oh, 31. The toy tries to make fun slavery. Oh, God. The toy. So this is the story of Richard Pryor being bought as a toy for a rich white kid. Right. Because... Uh, his father said, I'll let you have anything in the store. And I think he was like a janitor, but he was silly. So he was like, all right, I will buy you this man.
1: (laughs) Um, I've never seen this. I've
0: never seen all of the toy. It's one of those things that was on comedy central for a while. Uh, along with like a stir crazy or no, uh, Brewster's millions. Brewster's millions. I saw was always on, Comedy, which
1: I believe was better, uh, better received oh
0: yeah because Brewster's Millions is great Uh, but the toy like it's one of those things that it's kind of an interesting sketch idea but the idea of making a full movie out of this it's like well what where does it go yeah Uh, yeah painfully unfunny for a supposed comedy says uh, Rolling
1: Stone number 30 Number 30. American Beauty wins Best Picture in 1999 over Fight Club, Magnolia, The Matrix, Election, Office Space, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, The Blair Witch Project, Boys Don't Cry, Six Sense, Virgin Suicide, Galaxy Quest, Being John Malkovich, Talented Mr. Ripley, and other movies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's weird. I remember uh, in 1999, a lot of people telling me that American Beauty was one of their favorite movies. Like, how it was a beautifully done movie. And, like, the the scene of her in the petals was parried all over the place. And then you watch the movie and you're like, wait, how old is
1: she? Oh, oh no! I mean, I saw this movie when I was a high school girl. Because <laughs> I didn't see it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it came out when I was far too young to have watched it. <laughs> but I watched it a couple years later as a high school girl. And went... <clears throat> Like
0: first off, the plastic bag's funny. Uh,
1: (laughs) I've seen that parodied so many times, still pretty well. Yeah, not another teen movie parodies it. And
0: this is his bag, Uh, but I like I still make that joke whenever I see a a plastic bag in the winds. Like it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. But my relationship to this movie is very similar to mine with Dear Evan Hansen. Where, like, I had heard so much about it. And then when I sat down to watch it, I was like, what is this movie about?
1: <laughs> that's really the plot of this movie? Well, that's uncomfortable. I, I With Dear Evan Hansen, I just think of you almost buying me tickets to Dear Evan Hansen. And me being like...
0: <laughs> Please don't.
1: And me telling you not to and you being bewildered. And then we watched the trailer for the movie and you went, oh my god. <laughs> And really I had the thought about? of, what if I hadn't told you? Yeah. What if I just let you buy me expensive live theater tickets mm-hmm. and said nothing?
0: And then had to go and sit and have actual reactions to that with people. <sighs> that would have been bad. I will say the, the list provided here. Uh,
1: There's a lot of hindsight in this list. Office space, Galaxy yeah. Quest.
0: Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Sixth Sense, I think, should have won Best Fit Picture this year. Agreed. Uh, I don't think anyone was sitting there being like, you know what, South Park Best Picture.
1: Should have won Best Song, though.
0: Yes, agreed. Um, Being John Malkovich is such a... Like, so many of these are so weird. (laughs)
1: 1999
0: was a lot of weird movies.
1: I mean, they, they cite a book called Best Movie Year Ever, how 1999 blew up
0: the big screen. And... I'm just going to point it out just because it's on the list. I've tried like four times to watch Election and I cannot get into it.
1: I love that movie.
0: Really? Like, yeah. I haven't tried in a while, but like, I thought. Have maybe you ever
1: been a type A high school girl? Because Tracy doesn't seem like a bad person when you're also an uptight, overachieving, conniving teenage girl.
0: I haven't made the attempt in a while. Because, like, I just remember being like, I don't think I'm old enough to get this. So maybe I should give Election another try. Uh, all the other movies in here, great films.
1: Galaxy Quest is an all-time. Galaxy Quest me. is
0: so good. Did not do well in 1999. So, like, yeah, this is the power of hindsight. But
1: Same with Office Space.
0: Same with Office Space, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: Number 29. Number 29. Howard the Duck nearly kills the MCU before it even begins.
0: No, it didn't. (laughs) What are you talking about? Space Duck movie didn't do well. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah. Nobody saw this movie and was like, we should never make a Spider-Man movie. (laughs)
1: Uh, This movie was banned. From the house I grew up in?
0: For the bestiality?
1: No. Oh. (laughs) So, every kid in my family had a movie they ran into the ground. Oh. And my cousin Stevens was Howard the Duck. So, there was like a list of like five movies we could not as a family watch. Because every kid had one movie they ran into the floor.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And, and so we
1: couldn't watch Beastmaster, we couldn't watch Clash of the Titans, we couldn't watch Howard the Duck. You, you guys really liked your practical puppets. <laughs> I didn't even tell you what my band movie was. Oh,
0: I know what it is, though.
1: <laughs> is that why you said the practical? Yeah. Because p- mine was, gentle reader, Labyrinth. Yeah. <laughs> I watched Labyrinth. If you had just rewound the tape and put it back in, I would have been a happy little goblin.
0: Uh, that, that being said to say that this is the 29th biggest mistake when really it's just a forgotten movie (laughs) that, like, if you're you're trying to tell me that if this movie didn't exist, the Marvel Cinematic Universe would be better and or would have started sooner, you're out of your mind. (laughs) I think most people didn't know that Howard the Duck was a Marvel movie until he showed up in Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't think it had... Long-ranging effects on anything.
0: Mm.
1: Number twenty-eight, cats experiments with digital fur. Cats is so bad. It's I, so bad. I don't. I don't know if it's the digital fur that's the like cats. It could just say number twenty-eight cats. Cats. Because there's so many things wrong with this. Because uh, I actually I've given this a lot of thought. Because of course I have. Mm. You know, one of the biggest issues with the Cats movie is, stay with me, they add a lot of complete breaks in songs where they stop the momentum cold and then have a build. Yeah. But they do it in nearly every song. Mm-hmm. So every song, the movie stops cold and then it has to try to claw its way back up. Yeah. Also, Taylor Swift being heavily in the marketing when she's in about five minutes of the film.
0: I mean, you know that sold tickets.
1: When we went to see it, there was definitely a young Swifty. A young Swifty with the most bewildered yeah. parents I've yeah. ever seen in my oh life. Oh my
0: God, Taylor Swift is going to be in a movie. It's. it's so, <laughs> I. Here, stay with me on this one. All right. I so relate to this young woman. <laughs> So, so much, because let me tell you about a young Noah Houlihan that went to the movies to see The Mummy 2, The Scorpion King. Because of The Rock? Because The Rock's in a movie, and he's in it for three minutes, and then he's a CGI monster. (laughs) I was like, I just came here to see The Rock, and I got Brendan Fraser. I like Brendan Fraser, though. So I guess it wasn't that bad. I guess I don't relate as much with that child because I didn't have to then sit through cats. I think this is phrased poorly to be like... Because if you're trying to make the argument of like, if they had just done the theater costumes, this would have been a smash hit. You're out of your mind.
1: No, but I think... I think it would have been pretty quickly forgotten. Yeah. If they hadn't looked horrifying. So I will say like, the fact that they look horrifying is why the movie didn't get forgotten.
0: I, I'm i going to say it. I think this Rolling Stone article hates furries. They don't like Howard the Duck. They don't like cats. Just straight up saying it. Oh, no. <laughs> Number 27.
1: Oh, no. Uh, this is... You know what it is, though? I think... Uh, this is one of those places where the... Zeitgeist is in play. Yes, absolutely. Portraying Michael O'Hare as a simpleton who needs to be taught football by Sandra Bullock. Part of the reason this is on here is because when this article came out, they were ending the conservatorship. Yes. And this had re-entered the cultural conversation. Mm -hmm. I think if this list had been made this time last year...
0: Yeah, this would be nowhere in there. I think if it was made this time next year, it would be nowhere in this. Uh blindside still a good movie it's still an entertaining film it won Oscars uh, it with the power of retrospect you could be like ah not all of this is great but
1: and I I don't think I don't think that decision was a film decision I believe wasn't it based on like a book written by I th- the white people I mean like
0: I understand that the it's wrong to to show, uh, to you know, to to have this be full of lies, and the true story is something that I don't think we will ever truly know. Uh, but I think we can understand that the movie ain't it.
1: I mean, we we know a lot more. He he's alive and talking about right, it. right, right. And I'm more inclined to think that he is uh, he's telling the truth mm-hmm. than they are. I just... uh, Because they're telling this very white savior.
0: Yeah. What happened with Michael O'Hare, I'm not trying to downplay or anything like that, but I think when it comes to life stories being misrepresented, there are a lot of really horrible ones. Talk to Blonde for a moment. Uh,
1: Yeah. I mean, I would argue that Blindside is worse than Blonde because Blonde... Is a footnote for Marilyn Monroe.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's true. That's true.
1: This man's life has been more or less defined by this film.
0: Yeah. I, 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 you know what I think I need to do? I need to think of it. If I was Michael. Yes. Then yeah, this is an absolutely horrible thing.
1: Because like blonde is not going to damage Marilyn Monroe's legacy because nobody gives a crap about that movie because that's it true. sucked. Blindside won Oscars. Yeah. Like, and that your life is now defined by, oh, you're the guy from the blind side. Yeah. So anyone who's seen that movie is going to have a preconceived notion of you. Yeah, you have to
0: live that life.
1: A still living, yeah. still breathing person who has been lied about by people you thought you could trust. Yeah. That's.
0: That's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. I needed to think of it that way.
1: Number 26. <laughs> Mel Gibson perpetuates anti-Semitic myths in The Passion of the Christ.
0: Yo, have you ever seen The Passion of the Christ?
1: Actually, I have not. Yeah. Because I I took a class on world religions and he said we were going to watch it one day in class. And I was a second semester senior and went, I'm not. (laughs) And got up and walked out. Because you know when you're a second semester senior and you just have to pass a class? Yeah. There's no more thought of keeping your scholarship. Yeah. Or like, your GPA is going to be what it's going to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: if you bomb this class, how much is one class going to matter? I just have to pass to get my degree, right? Yeah. So I rolled out and went, I'm good. Bye. <laughs> and left. So no, I have not seen Passion of the Christ because I didn't wanna and I knew we were gonna watch it the next day in class so I wasn't even gonna get up
0: <laughs> I I saw it with my parents uh, but my parents didn't wanna go to the movies so my parents got a bootleg copy of it so we stole the we stole we stole Jesus <laughs> but like it's It's all subtitled, and, like, it doesn't really add much to the story. The devil's kind of in it, Uh, but it's mostly just a guy getting the crap kicked out of him for a really long time. This movie is not very good. I do not like it, and, like, it's never a movie you're like, yo, let's watch. You know what I haven't seen in a while? Passion of the Christ. Do you want to watch that or do you want to watch Muppets from Space? Those are the two I'm in the mood for right now. Uh, However, I will say if we want to just like erase it from time, I don't know if we want to do that because South Park made an amazing episode off of this.
1: I do remember that South Park episode. I do remember seeing that.
0: Because it said something that I thought was vital Kenny and Stan go and see the movie and go, whoa, that sucked. And until then, no one was admitting the movie was bad. (laughs) Because it was like, it's the story of Jesus. We are going to be respectful. But no, it's just like, wait, this movie sucks. And then South Park was like, by the way, Mel Gibson's a crazy person. And nobody got the memo for another, like, seven years. (laughs)
1: Yep. Yep. And that, dear listener, is where we leave you. Yeah, we're going to pick up the rest of these next week.
0: So uh, this has been our reactions to what's going on in the 50 worst mistakes of the movie uh, business, according to Rolling Stone. Uh, I think it's a decent list so far. It, they're they're choosing some very interesting... Uh, like, they're choosing scandals, which I would have avoided.
1: Yeah, I, w- I thought this was going to stick more to... Movie business decisions. Yeah. I, Hugh Grant hiring a sex worker mm-hmm. is not something I would consider a terrible. He had a long successful career after that. Yeah. He was. <laughs> He's he, still making movies. He was in Dungeons and Dragons six months ago. Yeah, we just saw him. We're like, yay, Hugh Grant's in this. I would say Hugh Grant made a worse decision turning down the role of Gilderoy Lockhart in Harry Potter than he did hiring a sex worker.
0: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I think there's a few misses in here. Uh, A few of them are a little too... It's weird. Some of them, I think, are too vague, Mm
1: -hmm. where they're
0: just like, heaven's gate, am I right? And then some of them are too specific, like Howard the Duck almost destroyed the Marvel Cinematic Universe because no, it didn't. (laughs) Also, there's bestiality in that movie. You could have talked about that. (laughs) In any case, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We will be back next week with more. Uh, If you want to be a super cool patron, you can check out patreon.com slash plus two comedy. Where can people find us, Laura?
1: You can email us at the Stay Doomed Show or on Facebook and whatever we're calling it this week at Stay Doomed.
0: She meant Twitter. Uh, And if you want to talk to me... About 1941 and how Spielberg should do another comedy, I'm at Plus Two Comedy on Twitter.
1: If you want to talk about the intrinsically flawed rating system that faces the American movie system, my name is at Priorities or at Glittering Glow Tape on Instagram. Until next time, bye! T- t- tune out! <laughs>